0: This episode of the Europook podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Now the playoffs are in full swing and the action is increasing and getting more intense as the games go on. We're into the final four teams now in the NHL and the nba particularly in the nba the four teams that are left none of them have won the championship since 1971 we're in for a great end to the playoffs in both of these sports and DraftKings kings is giving you the opportunity to cash in on that with free to play pools every day of the basketball playoffs with a free shot at up to ten thousand dollars in total prizes yes ten thousand dollars In total prizes, up for grabs every day. And, as I said, it's free to play. They're easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes using promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. And a big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, hey, and premier hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Europook podcast, the show where one Brit talks all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Chris Gadsby, and uh, as regular... Listeners and viewers to the podcast will know. Usually, I'm joined by uh, Odd Man Rush over there on the uh, left hand side of the screen, but uh, he is currently loving life in Canada, away for the summer. So, you have just got me between now and the end of September, or as uh, we will find out later on in the episode, between now and when all of the leagues are well underway. But we'll get on to all of the start dates later on in today's episode. Now because we're in the summer and there isn't hockey going on at the moment for us to talk about and the fact that I am on my own rather than having Hayden alongside me to discuss everything that's been going on, these episodes over the summer are going to be uh, less frequent and uh, a bit shorter as well. I'm I've got a bit of a plan together with regards to the draft. We've got uh, when The the leagues are starting up again. I've got a bit of a plan as to what I'm going to do over the summer um, and when we're going to start the weekly episodes again. I'll go back through all that towards the end of this episode as well. What I'm going to aim for is a, a fortnightly episode just to round up all of the news that's been going on, let you guys know what's happening across European hockey. And then we should, in... Uh, a couple of months' time when the Champions Hockey League starts again. We will be back into weekly episodes with all the leagues starting, and then it will be, again, it will be just me through to the end of September when Hayden will rejoin me here on the EuroPuck podcast. But we have an awful lot of news to go through over the past couple of weeks. Plenty has been happening, Uh, some of it exciting, some of it is kind of news but not telling you anything yet because we're waiting for further decisions and I asked you for your input as well and I'll get on to some of uh, your input later on. But we will start first with the Champions Hockey League and the reason for that is because after we uh, finished our weekly episodes and we rounded up everything and we had our Champions Hockey League discussion, it Came out from the Champions Hockey League that Units Minsk from Belarus will not be participating in the Champions Hockey League due to the current political situation in Belarus because the CHL cannot guarantee the safety of the teams and the you know the players, the spectators, the officials. Uh, going in and around uh, Belarus. So the wild card to Enoch's Minsk was withdrawn and left everybody thinking, right, what is the the Champions Hockey League going to do here? Do they go to the last Continental Cup runners-up, the Nottingham Panthers? Do they find a completely different country? Um, And I had a look, I think, the last time I uh, recorded the episode, I had a look at that and said, well, is it going to be Iceland? No, not really, because there's only three teams. Is it going to be from? Is it going to be from Hungary? Is it going to be from somewhere else? And I, I had ruled out Slovakia because the Slovakian wild card had, had gone already. It, it that had been taken away from them in in the sense that they weren't participating as they had before. That's why it then went over to um, Ukraine, um, but then it uh, it has come back to Slovakia. Um, with the side Sloven Bratislava. Uh, so I'll just read the press release for those uh, what, uh, listening Sorry, to the audio version of this podcast. Um, so the CHL board has decided to allocate a wild card to Sloven Bratislava for the upcoming season. New renowned Slovak club joins the competition after Belarusian champions Junox Minsk was withdrawn, as I said. The eight-time extra-league champions and XKHL team will make their debut in the Champions Hockey League this season and will compete in Group F, facing Ocelari Trinek of the Czech Extraliga, the Swiss side Freeball Götteren and fellow debutants Leksands IF from Sweden. Uh, There was a statement that uh, came out. It is the CHL's objective via the wildcard system to appoint deserving clubs and to contribute to the development of European club ice hockey by having a participation field as internationally diverse as possible. The nomination of Slovan Bratislava offers us the opportunity to welcome back Slovakia to our competition, a country with a storied uh, storied hockey tradition and a track record of producing top-quality hockey players. Sloven Bratislava is a well-known, illustrious brand and the club is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year and showed great interest in showcasing itself on the European stage by competing in the CHL. For this reason, the CHL board decided to allocate a wildcard and the 32nd place in the 2021-2022 season to them. So, yeah, that's Sloven Bratislava are basically doing a straight swap with Units Minsk. So they will face Trinek, Fribo, Goteren and Lexans from Sweden in Group F of the Champions Hockey League. Now, the one sentence that jumps out at me in that is the one that says, uh, I've lost it again now, by having a participation field as internationally diverse as possible which you would sense is one of the reasons why Slovakia, the Slovakian side of Bratislava got the preference over, say, the Continental Cup runners-up of the Nottingham Panthers because the United Kingdom already has the Cardiff Devils in the Champions Hockey League for next season. So this extends the number of countries. It's a straight swap, of course, but it extends the number of countries that are... Um, in the Champions Hockey League rather than uh, reducing it by one. So we have still got, uh, I believe, 12 countries in the Champions Hockey League for next season, which is which is quite frankly brilliant. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Slovan Bratislava do. Do they have more of a chance perhaps than... Um, Minsk would have done as it says in in the statement you know XKHL team eight times Slovak extra-league champions do they have more of a chance against Lexan's Fribourg-Gotter and Trinec than Minsk would have done I suspect perhaps I you know I will be honest and say that my knowledge of the Slovakian league is is not particularly high Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what they're going to do the thing I found interesting if I just bring up on my on my second screen um, unfortunately I won't have it on here but i'll will just bring it up quickly is the um the final standings from the Slovakian League last year because when it comes up for me um they did do well some in Bratislavia they finished fourth in the uh Slovakian extra league. I'm going to have to get used to that because I keep wanting to say uh, the Czech extra league in, in the Slovakian extra league, they finished fourth uh, on 94 points from 50 games that was nine points behind Zvolen who went on to actually win the playoffs as well Bratislava were uh, knocked out in the semi-finals in five games by Zvolen um, so be interesting there to see I find it interesting that the CHL has awarded a wild card to a team that, yes, has a lot of history, but didn't win the league last year. Uh, maybe there's uh, there's more into that that I'm not aware of. Um, but it's the it's the Champions Hockey League, and a wild card has been given to a team who finished fourth and got knocked out in the semi final stage of the of the playoffs. Seems. Uh, slightly strange for, from my point of view anyway and again I don't know the politics of the Slovakian extraliga so there, there might be a very good reason for that uh, I'm just myself unsure about uh, about what it is um, but uh, yeah so that is the situation with the uh, Slovakian, team in the Champions Hockey League for next season the Champions Hockey League of course getting started on August the 26th so we're now what just shy when this comes out a a day over two months away from the start of the Champions Hockey League which is kicking off our fixtures uh, ahead of what is hopefully going to be a less disturbed uh, 2021-22 season for us to get our teeth into here on the Euro Puck podcast. Um, Let's move from the Champions Hockey League. We'll move to some uh, news in the NHL. And uh, this is something that has got everybody very excited in the uh, Great Britain circles, uh, particularly after his performance in the World Championships. And it is this. Liam Kirk, the kind of UK golden boy at the moment, of uh, ice hockey, has signed his three-year entry-level contract with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, his agent uh, confirmed this a few days ago now uh, for us over here in the in the UK. Um, so he's signed a three-year entry-level contract with the Arizona Coyotes. It is not, we understand, a sign-and-trade deal. He will be with the Arizona Coyotes organisation in some shape or form. But with regards to double IHF rules, they cannot be officially announced by Arizona themselves until free agency starts on the twenty eighth of July. So five days from when I'm recording now, on June the twenty third, which will be what Monday, um, Monday the twenty eighth, where this can be announced by um, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, obviously, he has been thrust into the into the media limelight throughout the World Championships, and that brought up all the, you know, does he deserve to get an entry-level contract? Will he? Where is he going to end up uh, from, from a UK point of view? And I've seen every single UK hockey fan very, very happy um, about this and excited to see what, uh, what Liam Kirk can do. Not necessarily with the Arizona Coyotes, but in the AHL with the Roadrunners and the ECHL. So we'll keep a close eye on what Liam Kirk does over the next season as well. And one of the things that he said in his interview, which I found very interesting, was that obviously he doesn't want to be the only British born and trained uh, hockey player to, to, to play in the NHL. He wants to be the first of many. And I know that I, I watch quite a few juniors and there are players who have that potential in my eyes if they're kind of nurtured and keep going in the right way. Um, but that'll be an interesting one uh, to, to keep an eye on and see any more uh, players coming through from this country and from other countries. Um, I asked on social media a few days ago for areas that you guys wanted me to to talk about because i am just here talk talking to you over over the course of the summer and one of them which i which i saw which i will do um when i've got a chance to do a bit more research into it is um looking at other prospects from smaller not necessarily not hockey countries that's not the right word but you not your swedens your your finland's more like your great britains denmarks is there any from norway france Latvia, those kind of nations, looking at the prospects that are already drafted and are in the the, the minor system over in America or who are in the draft class, one of the things I will look at, because the draft is on July the 27th, uh, sorry, July the 23rd and the 24th, Um, so in the middle of July, when I record probably on the 21st of July, I'll do an episode all around looking at the draft class list which European players are, are looking likely that they'll go. This year, of course, we have more European players drafted than ever before. Is that a trend that's going to carry on? You would hope so. Um, and look to see what those players might be able to do in the future. So that is coming up in a, in a few episodes time. Don't worry about that. Um, I know I because I, I had quite a lot of news in this episode, I haven't been able to talk about everything that that everybody suggested in this episode. But don't worry, I will get to your comments because I do think that they are uh, really interesting topics for me to to have a look at. And I will be doing that. So that is, yes, Liam Kirk's entry level contract, which everybody here in the UK has been very excited about. Now I'm going to get on to um, a bit of something different. so I came up with the idea about a week ago now of what would be your if you had to draft an NHL team and maybe I'll do a live episode where once the um players have been protected on July the 17th ahead of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft maybe we can come in and we can do an episode a live episode where you guys join me and we pretend that we are becoming the first European-based hockey team in the NHL, and we will draft our team together, obviously staying under the cap and all of that one, and trying to maybe pick European players wherever possible. Um, So if that's something you'd you'd like to get involved in, let me know, Um, and if I can uh, get that sorted, what I'll do is I'll plan it plenty in advance. We'll give it plenty of exposure and hopefully get quite a few people in. But... Uh, this, what I suggested, is that we have a, a your European team. So if you were the manager of, a general manager of an NHL team and you wanted only Europeans in your team, who would you pick? Uh, and I asked for that and you could you could put your rosters in on cap friendly and uh, Yussi did just that. I'll get his team up here now. Now he says that not, this wouldn't really survive too long because of the need for a lot of entry-level contracts to, to stay under the cap. And that's something I noticed when I was doing my team as well, is that if you're not, um, with European players, they either seem to be on very, very low wages because they're kind of fourth line players, don't play that much, and they're you know, 1 million, that sort of thing. Or they're your Lee and dry or superstars, what have you, and they're up at 8, 9 million, and there's not a great deal of in-between. Um, but this is Yussi's uh, roster, who is uh, just uh, under $150,000 underneath the cap. He's got a top line of Kirill Kaprizov, Alexander Barkov and Mika Rantanen. Second line, Andrei Shevchenko, uh, Sebastian Aho and uh, Thibaut uh, And So the, the teams are really low, so I'm to squint in to, to look at them. Third line, uh, Kevin Fiala, Leon Dreisaitl and Joel Kivarantia. Fourth line of Gabriel Landeskog, Ruth Hintz and Leo Komarov. And then a spare left winger of Yanni Kukkonen. In defence, uh, a top pairing of Roman Yossi and Mira Hiskinen. A second pairing of Rasmus Darlene and Yanni Hakampai. Uh, a third line of uh, Willy Hinola and Henry Yukaru. And a two uh, yeah we've got a fourth pairing here of Yussi Rickler and Sami Niku. The goaltenders of Andre Vasilevsky. And uh, Kapu Kakenen. Now, I, I really liked this. I was looking at doing my team as well, and I was finding that, I mean, I haven't put my team up here. I'll, I'll show you what I've done later, just for um, to show it, show it off. But I find that you were you were coming along the same players and then encountering the same problems. And other than swapping a few entry level contracts around and, and a couple of other players around. It's uh, it's difficult to come up with too much of a different team because, as I said, by the when you, when you want to put your your dry cycles in and, and your top players in that are going to get you your points and your top six, you've used so much of your salary cap already. When you put the decent net minding in as well and some decent defense, you've used all your salary cap up, and I've had to use um, no entry level contracts and players on a really low wage in your bottom six. It's kind of very top heavy roster that you've got here is as, as a european as a european team but i really like this roster and i think you see you've done a really really good job with this so what i'll do now and this is my roster which i haven't stuck to the cap what i've done but when i was doing mine and i discovered that it was incredibly similar to yussi's bar a couple of uh entry level contracts I thought or well, rather than just shoving Liam Kirk in there which every brick would do and and having pretty much the same roster and going on about it I thought what would be the kind of best European roster on paper that you could have so I went on to elite prospects sorted it by position looked for the European players uh, and this is the ultimate, I'm calling it, European NHL team. Now, the eagle-eyed amongst you and the quick at mental maths amongst you will realise that this is quite an expensive roster. Uh, and it is. The salary cap is 81.5 million and this comes in at just under 140 million. We're about $50 million over the, uh, over the salary cap here. But this was purely for me an experimental. What is the best possible European side that you could have? And what this shows is quite how many strong European players there are in the NHL at the moment. So, starting at the top line, we've got Artemi Panarin, Leon Draisaitl, and Miko Rantanen on the top line. Sebastian Aho, Nicholas Backstrom, and Gabriel Landeskog on the second line. Nik- uh, Nikolaj Ehlers. Alexander Barkov and Kirill Kaprizov on the third line. Andre Palat, Mikhail Zbinejad and David Pasternak on the fourth line. Two spare forwards of Andrei Burakovsky and Pavel Buchnevich. You can see there, as I was comparing that to uh, to Yussi's, You know, we've got Dreisaitl in there, Aho's in there, Barkov's in there, Kaprizov's in there, Landeskog's in there. there are a lot of the same players are in there, which is why I didn't just want to go through the same thing again. Uh, in defence, then, we've got uh, Ekman Larsen and Klingberg as the top pair, Victor Hedman and Mira Hiskinen as the second pair, Ivan Provorov and Filip Hronik as the third pair, and Mikhail Sergachev as the seventh defenseman. And then in terms of goaltenders, Semyon Varmilov, who had the highest save percentage of European uh, netminders, and then Philip Grubauer, who had the lowest goals against average of uh, any European um, Net minders. but you can see there when you've got Panarin at eleven and a half million, dry side at eight and a half million there's twenty million there's a quarter of your cap gone in those two players themselves. Mison at nine and a quarter million, so you're up to 30 million now just in your top line uh, Ehur, uh, yeah Sebastian Aho at eight and uh, a half, Nicholas Backstrom at nine two and uh, Landerskog at five and a half there again you're on another what twenty three million there so that's fifty three million in your top six. Um, which is you know if you if you're spending fifty three million on your top six and then you've only got twenty eight million to fill out the other sixteen players on your rosters and you can only afford to pay them one and a half million each you're gonna you're going to be very top heavy. Uh, Nikolai Ehez, uh six million, Barkov six million, Kaprizov is on uh, nine hundred twenty five thousand. But the thing I found interesting as well is that I did my team after Yussi had sent me his, and in the course of over the course of him sending me his and me doing mine, the uh, the year had ticked over essentially into next year's um, salaries and everything. So whereas Yussi had players who had six years left on their contracts, in the case of Panera and I had five. So Kaprizov, who had a year left on his contract, is going is uh, um, yeah is an RFA for me and and things like that. So it it, it changed again as well. Um, But that is yeah. If you are, uh, if the salary cap ever gets up to about 140 million, you could have those players. Although I suspect, if the salary cap went up to 140 million, those players would be on about 20 million anyway. So that is the uh, the kind of ultimate European team, shall we say? Um, And just for um, kind of reference, in those the ultimate, in inverted commas. European team has six Russians, two Germans, seven Swedish, uh, three Czech Republic, four from Finland and one Danish player. So six countries represented there in the in the 22 players of the what I'm going to call the ultimate European team. Right. Let's get on to we're now what, 25 minutes in. Let's get on to the final Uh, piece of news that we need to look at in this episode of the euro podcast and that is the starting dates for next year because we've had loads of them coming in let's bring them up here get our good old graphic up again haven't used this for a year now Uh, so in front of you there on the video version i will read them all out for the uh, anyone listening uh, as well for the audio version of this. We are starting on August the 26th, just two months away. So about eight weeks away. August the 26th is the opening round of games of the Champions Hockey League. We're back at it in just two months' time. Then the Danish Metal league on August the 31st, starting not long after that. Into September, and we've got a really busy couple of weeks, with the KHL starting on September the 1st, the Swiss National League on September the 7th, the Finnish Liga on September the 9th, the Czech Extra Liga and the Polish Hockey League on September the 10th, the SHL in Sweden and the Norwegian Fjordkraft Liga on September the 11th, the Austrian Ice Hockey League on September the 17th, the Ligue Magnus in France on September the 21st, the Slovakian Extra Liga on September 24th, and the Elite Ice Hockey League in Great Britain and Northern Ireland on September the 25th. We're just waiting on two leagues to announce their starting dates. That's the German DEL, which is still to be confirmed, as I said, and the Ukrainian Hockey League, which we have added in to the Europook podcast this year because of Donetsk being in the Champions Hockey League. So we are covering the Champions Hockey League and each of the countries which have a Champions Hockey League side in them, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 countries. So it's all going to be really quite exciting. Um, Yeah, so we're waiting on the DEL, which you feel would go ahead. Um, The uh, Ukrainian Hockey League, from the reading I've been doing to try and find a, a date for it to start, seems that it's always a bit of a bone of contention. The Ukrainian Hockey League and the Ukrainian Ice Hockey uh, Federation don't exactly see eye to eye from what I can understand, um, but they have managed to come to some sort of agreement that there will be a Ukrainian Ice Hockey League uh, in the coming year. We went up to eight teams for the year just gone. It used to be six. Uh, now it's eight. So we're just waiting to see what happens there with with the Ukrainian Ice Hockey uh, Federation. And the Ukrainian Hockey League, I feel as though it might be a good few weeks yet before we know something coming out of Ukraine. But those are the dates starting as uh, we understand it. Anyway, from what we can see on news articles and some of the uh, leagues, for example, the SHL and the Czech Extraliga have already put their fixtures out as well. So fans have... Uh, Though The teams in those countries, you can start planning uh, your days and trying to make sure you've not got important events booked for uh, days when your team are going to be playing. And also, if you're interested in the Danish league, I know that uh, Hayden is with the Rungstedse Capitals. Every single Danish hockey league game is going to be on TV over in Denmark. So uh, that'll... Uh, Please, Danish hockey fans as well. Yes, so lots of leagues for us to cover uh, next year on the Eurobook podcast. Let me know which league you are most looking forward to uh, starting up again. Uh, from a obviously being able to see it point of view, it's got to be the Elite League for me, being on the uh, being in Great Britain. But uh, found the uh, the SHL, the Swiss National League, was particularly uh, interesting. Uh, last year as well with with Burn having a resurgence late on to get into the playoffs Uh, hopefully leagues like the French League Magnus can actually uh, get a full season in this year rather than struggling the way that they have Uh, but hopefully we'll just have some really good competitive hockey across Europe and Hayden and I will be bringing you all of the results from all of the leagues throughout uh, next season so I did say that uh, I would bring in and just go back to that we we'll look bring in and give you a bit of a, a plan over summer um for what we're going to look at so I'm planning on bringing an episode to the Europe to the Europe podcast every fortnight um so that would be the week commencing uh, July the 5th that will come out on July the 9th uh July the 23rd is my intention to bring the Euro Draft pod, uh, Prospects episode uh, out of the Euro Puck Podcast because the first round of the, uh, the the NHL draft is going to be that evening and then the rest are on, on the Saturday, the 24th. Then I was going to jump uh, and only do a week after that. On July the 30th, I was going to do a recap of the draft so we can look at all of the Europeans that have gone in the uh, in the nhl draft or at least the ones that have gone in the, in the first few rounds anyway and then the intention is to go back to weekly episodes of the europook podcast on august the 18th uh, that's wednesday august the 18th back to well it'll come out on the 20th um and that way we will be able to do a full champions hockey league preview uh, just a week before everything gets going so Back to weekly episodes on August the 20th, but I do intend to have another three episodes after this one between now and then. And then Hayden is uh, still away in uh, Canada until uh, the end of September. So you'll just have me for the first kind of five, six weeks of season two of the EuroPuck podcast. I'll be bringing you everything from around Europe and then he'll be back joining me in October and uh, you can tell him what a good job I've done without him. <laughs> but uh, that will just about do it for this episode of the Euro Puck Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for watching it, if you've been uh, viewing this on YouTube or uh, listening to it on any of our audio versions. Now, we were contemplating, and again, this is something that uh have to get your input on on, on our Twitter, at Euro Puck Podcast, um, is... We were thinking about possibly doing this as a live series next season. Now, um, obviously, so we put the poll up uh, a few weeks ago about when you listen, and not not everybody list, does it. The mo- watches or listens the moment it comes out. They go throughout the week and what have you. And they they would still go up as an audio version and as a, as a video version on YouTube. But what we were looking to do is to get into a, a schedule of okay every. Wednesday 6pm it's the Eurobook podcast so that we know when we're recording you guys know when to expect us so that you you can join in, join in the conversation or would you just prefer it to still be as a recorded uh, podcast obviously it doesn't matter if if you wouldn't be able to watch it live because you could still comment on YouTube let us know on on social media your thoughts and everything like that but we're just thinking of maybe changing things up a little bit getting it the discussions from from you in the in the live chat whilst the show is going on, so it isn't just Hayden and myself talking over and over about the results, the fixtures, um, and again, of course, if there's anything you want us to do differently on on the podcast next season, rather than us just going, oh, well, this happened in the KHL, SHL, Liga, you know, we we were thinking maybe did we split them up into two groups so we only cover each league every fortnight, or or anything like that just to change it up slightly so we're not doing the same thing week in, week out, which gets a little bit boring for uh, for us and probably for, for you as well. Um, so any suggestions like that, let us know. It's uh, at Europuck Podcast on Twitter, or you can tweet me at Chris underscore Gadsby or Hayden, although he's probably not going to be able to respond too much over the next few months, at OddmanRushYT. But yes, thank you very much for watching or listening. This week's episode of the EuroPuck podcast. Stay safe, particularly here in the the UK. We're starting to get towards the end of this. We're only about three weeks, allegedly, from, from no restrictions at all. But I know it's not quite the same situation everywhere else in Europe. So stay safe, look after yourselves and look after somebody else. Thank you very much for watching or listening and goodbye.